It's the show where the topics are topical, but not typical. This is Atypically Topical with Mindy and Josh. Yes, welcome back to Atypically Topical. My name is Josh and I'm here with... I'm Mindy. And I just flubbed the line, but you're never going to hear it because we cut that out. Yeah, and I was going to say your line, but I I can't hear the music, so that's... Oh, Oh, you wanted to try to do it like right before I started talking? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the producer here, so... Um, how's it going, Mindy? Um, all right. You know. Pretty good? Yeah. We we have, like, matching hamstring injuries. Because yeah. we've been working in the backyard. Yeah, and, and matching blister injuries. <laughs> and blisters, too. Yeah, we've been doing some backyard maintenance in the house because uh, we're tired of the mud everywhere and the dogs getting in the mud and having to wipe them down every time they come in and out. Yeah. So, um, a lot of shoveling and stuff like that, getting rid of plants and... Fun homeowner things. Right. Being homeowners. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, like, told you earlier that, like, my hamstring was hurting. And you're like, yeah, same. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what we were doing that was so... Well, I was pushing the cart. Oh, uh, that's true. You were pushing that Home Depot cart with a bunch of, like... Shit on it. And sacks of rocks. Big sacks. Yeah. That would do it. Mm-hmm. But I was still was able to go to the gym, so I was, I was all right. Yeah. Me too. I just didn't focus on so my legs. Stretched a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways... Um, yeah, so anything anything new besides that? I guess I pretty much know it. You have job yeah. interviews lined up and stuff. Yeah, that's that's really it. Um, just this is like the time where like getting job interviews and yeah, gonna, applying gonna put for... that masters to use. Yeah, hopefully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's that's exciting, and we're also planning a trip to Chicago at some point. Mm-hmm. We're doing a live show. No, I was kidding. We don't have enough people for that. Um, no, there'd be like. <laughs> and Maybe. It would, and it would be us, too. <laughs> and, like, the club owner. No, it would be, like, us and then, like, the bouncers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Us, the bouncer, and then the uh, the club owner. Yeah. Maybe the bartender. So, three. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, maybe one day, but probably not. We could have the bartender as the guest and talk about liquor. <laughs> talk about liquor. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to just kind of visit and... Check out maybe a Cubs game and a pizza tour, of course, and things like that. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got some stuff going on for the summer. Hoping to do some more tubing and stuff, which is like, I guess, a Texas thing, kind of. I don't know if you really knew a lot about tubing before you moved here, did you? No. Because you wouldn't do that in PA. Well, I mean, you could go tubing, but it would just be on the Delaware River. Oh, okay. And but... probably be super cold. Um, not in the summer. Okay. But I heard that, like, if it's, like, too uh, shallow, like, your butt hits the rocks and stuff mm. like that, so. Yeah, that came into play when we just went, like, when I just went mm-hmm. at one part. Like, one part of it, I was like, okay, I got a lift because there's, like, invisible rocks right there. But it wasn't bad. It was, it was, the one we went to was not as nearly as crazy as the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's fun. Anyways, all right. So, we're going to shift to a topic that you know so much about this week. Yes. Which is technology. Yeah, I know so much about (laughs) technology, how it works, megabytes. (laughs) You're just going to name, what are all the terms, Um, what are all the file size terms? Hardware. Do you know what um, a megabyte is? It's like a, um, how much information you can hold or something. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's actually funny form because of um, in my undergrad, I had um, this technology class where it taught us about the history of technology and like different components and stuff like that. 
and I got a D, which is technically passing. <laughs> and that's only because I studied a lot for the final <laughs> test because I knew if I didn't pass it, I'd fail. Yeah. So, so that, that gives you an yeah. idea about <laughs> Mindy's technology knowledge. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. I think. Pretty that's much really the only reason why you're here. That's the only reason you keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> Just to do some housework and then um, get download movies for you and fix your computer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't really serve any other purpose. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into yours. You researched something from the past. Yeah. Technology. Mm-hmm. All right. So I couldn't really pinpoint one thing I wanted to talk about, so I did three. Mm. Okay. So the first one, I'm only going to say the title once because I don't want to say the name over and over again because <laughs> okay. it's really long. It's called like the Ankinkathera mechanism. Okay. So I'm just going to call it the mechanism. So um, this was this mechanism was estimated to come from 150 BCE. Oh wow, going way back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is so they found it from an ancient shipwreck, um, and they discovered it in 1901. And so what they found were these like really heavy crusted artifacts that kind of looked like a clockwork mechanism. Um, and for the longest time, hmm. like people had no idea what this thing was. Right. It wasn't until recently that uh, researchers finally found out what its purpose was. Um, so in order to find out what it, what its purpose was, they had to research um, Babylonian records of eclipses to confirm that this mechanism was actually the world's first computer. What? <laughs> yeah, you should, you should. I have a picture of it on my computer, but I can't really show you. Um, so it was actually created by the Greeks. And this mechanism features a fixed ring dial on the front face that represents the ecliptic. And then there's 12 zodiacal signs marked off that both equal like 30 degree sectors. Mm-hmm. And outside of the dial, the device features a ring that rotates and is marked off with the days and months of the Egyptian calendar. I can see it. I found yeah. it. It's like, it kind of looks like little like crop circles with a clock in it or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see it. So, um, again, like you said, this mechanism was about the size of a clock with the large circular face on the front and a knob on the side. Of a winding, of for winding the mechanism forward and backward, mm-hmm. and so as so as you turn the knob, at least seven different hands would move on the face, and would they would display a, a celestial time. Um, so Amazing. there, so there was one hand for the moon, one hand for each of the five planets that the Greeks were able to see, and then one for the sun. And the device was able to show not only which stars rose and set on any given uh, date, but also the phases of the moon. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's crazy. So long ago, they were like, come with this shit up and it was like... For real. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's genius. So, so all the fragments that have been found of this mechanism, they're in Athens in this museum called the National Archaeological Museum mm-hmm. with a number of other like artistic recreations and replicas of how the mechanism would have looked and worked like at the time it was made. Right. So, yeah, that's just, I just found that really interesting because it's like the, yeah. the earliest kind of idea of a computer. Wait, did it, did it say, like, when they started to discover what it, what it was? Because you said uh, it wasn't until much 
I will, it's probably like in, within these 10 years, really. Oh, wow. Just because someone fucking knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the article that was on like history.com was from last year. So, mm-hmm. so it probably is like very recently that they're like figuring out what it does. Yeah. It's kind of like there's a book that I know of that, um, that still no one really knows what it is. There's, it's, just, it's just like a book with pictures and like a weird language written in the book. Mm-hmm. And and pe- people still to this day don't know what the book is about. It's this mm-hmm. big mystery. And I feel like it was kind of like that before until... Talking about Fifty Shades. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fifty Shades Sharker. <laughs> oh, wait, they don't have pictures in those, I don't think. That would be awkward. They have motion <laughs> pictures, which are... Terrible from what it seems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yes. if you want to see like a visual of that, just go watch like bondage porn. <laughs> At least that's what I, I assume it's like. Mm. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Ancient Greeks. Okay. Good job, guys. Yeah, good job. Actually, well, this is a, okay. It's called Greek Fire, but it's not made from the Greeks. And I, I chose this one because it just because. Hmm. Once I tell you, I was going to remind you of something. Okay. Okay. So Greek fire was an incendiary weapon developed and used by the Byzantine Empire, used both on land and at sea. Okay. Accounts from the time, as well as contemporary images, indicate it would have had similar effects to a modern-day napalm. True Greek fire should not be confused with the crusaders called Greek fire, the latter was a mixture of saltpeter and turpentine, but true Greek fire was much more potent. Okay. So historical sources indicate that it was originally devised under the reign of Constantine the Fourth, and it was created by a Greek-speaking Syrian refugee. Was I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> it's very long. And he sought to develop the recipe at uh, 678 A.D. So, accounts from the time speak of how Greek fire would spontaneously catch fire and could not be put out using water. On the contrary, it appeared to burn vigorously when in contact with water Hmm. and would stick to anything it came to contact with. This concoction could be deployed in a variety of methods. It was either thrown in pots or discharged by a siphon handheld or ship-mounted tubes. So, kind of like a flamethrower in a sense. Um, But it also appears... um, that it can be countered, at least in part. There are some accounts that said that that, that liquid couldn't really adhere to heavy cloth or leather um, that had been soaked in vinegar. So I guess <sighs> if you cover your ship with yeah. leather and vinegar, I guess you're cool. But uh, okay. anything else, you're not you're not safe. That's strange. Yeah. So what does it remind you of? Because as soon as I read this, it was like, yeah. What, were you thinking Hunger Games or something? No. Oh. So the part where it, it can something can catch fire even if you put water on it that reminds you of something. Yeah. I don't know. No. No. <laughs> I mean, once you say it, probably. Game of Thrones. Oh well, yeah. I thought of that when you were saying that like you can shoot it with mm-hmm. fire on it. But are you thinking of just? I remember that green fire on the show. Oh yeah, what was that called? I think it was, wasn't it like dragon fire? Yeah, or something? yeah. something like that. Um, that dripped and destroyed the whole. Yeah, it's like, and like, I remember there was like a battle yeah. with Tyrion and they used that fire. That's right. And, and they lit the ships on fire and stuff. And I actually like looked into like if that, if this Greek fire was inspiration for that, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. No. So. It might have been one of the writers or something had 
had known about it. Yeah. Just didn't put it in writing anywhere. Yeah, I, I couldn't find anything. That's crazy. 678 BC or something? Is that what you said? Yeah, it was... Yeah, 678 BC. No, AD. I mean, okay, AD. Well, yeah, and not, they, that's recent then. Yeah, and and they actually used this fire for like seven hundred years, and and like um, to this day, like no one really knows what it's made out of. I was gonna say, uh, I mean, it's not around anymore. <laughs> no, and like people have tried to like recreate it, but like um, the um, where are they? The Byzantine Empire, like uh-huh. uh, Constantine, where like we have to protect the formula for this thing for this. Um, chemical mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's a really kept secret that no one ever learned about wow. how it was made so that's crazy that is crazy okay the last one was just it's short but uh, that was interesting because this is about the steam powered pigeon okay so um the first steam powered pigeon was created around <laughs> 400 to 350 bce by an ancient greek mathematician Archiatus? Archiatus? Sure. Sure, whatever. So he constructed like a bird out of wood and used steam power for its movement. So like he suspended the bird from a pivot bar and at one point it was able to fly about 200 meters before it ran out of steam. Um, And so this, because of how it works like this, is commonly known as the first known robot ever. Oh, okay. Because it's because it, like the steam is how it yeah. makes work, and I mean, robot is something that can kind of work on its own. Yeah, yeah, and so it's also one of the first recorded instances instances of scientists doing research on how birds fly, and oh. and so like I I, uh, I want to show you a picture, but here I'll show it to you real quick. Okay. So. But you see, that's how like his drawings were. It oh, was yeah. made of wood, and so he somehow put like a steam engine in the bird, and it was able to fly by itself just by that. Huh? Ar- Arcadus? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was also doing like a bunch of other stuff. Like he was a philosopher, an astronomer, whatever. I feel else. like a lot of those were like um, Aristotle and all that stuff. Like all. Well, well, actually, I just saw somewhere over here in this article. That said, so he like did a lot of other contributions to like math and mechanics, and mm-hmm. he was known to have influenced works from both Plato and Aristotle. Oh, and apparently that guy has a crater, a crater on the moon, um, in his honor. So that's cool, I guess. Huh. Give a crater on the moon. He he earned it. I guess so. Um, but yeah, that's the first instance you, like, of a robot. If you create the first. Robotic bird, you deserve a crater, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> According to science. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. I did not know about any of those, so you're teaching me about technology. Yeah. How the Ancient tables technology. have turned. The turntables. How the turntables. Cool. Yeah. I, there you go. Yeah. It's, I feel like I'm watching like some kind of history, history channel technology special. But not as interesting, and with a lot more mispronunciations. <laughs> mispronunciations? <laughs> there you go. That's ironic. Okay, again, absolutely no segue into this, but we all know what's coming next. Let's go ahead and question Florida. It's really hard to um, transition into this story. 
Okay. When you hear the headline, because it's it's an interesting one. Okay. This is from May of this year, May 13th, not even a month ago, uh, from Newsweek.com. It's a story about a guy that wanted to enhance his skills playing basketball. Okay. A Florida man was arrested over the weekend for playing basketball naked because he thought it would improve his skills, police say. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, I mean... I guess he's lighter. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, but uh, I mean, but I mean, like shorts and like a shirt don't weigh that much, right. especially like shorts and like a jersey. Yeah, and shoes. I mean, shoes help, as we all know. You gotta have nice Nikes. Ooh, imagine just like playing without shoes on the basketball court. Well, like if it's, I'm assuming this guy's on an outdoor court, so mm-hmm. that's not cool. But, like, on hardwood, I guess it would be all right. Like, if you're a professional. Yeah. But if you're a professional, you wouldn't do this kind of thing. (laughs) You'd know better. (laughs) Around 7.36 p.m. local on Sunday, a Longwood Police Department officer responded to a white male who was not wearing clothing at Candyland Park. I guess that's an actual thing. (laughs) According to an arrest report. When police arrived at the scene, Jordan Glenn Anderson... Jordan. (laughs) Could be seen walking around on the basketball court of the park, playing with the ball without any clothing on his body. Mm. Maybe just got hot. It's just, know? That's not. Oh, it's just not a good sight. <laughs> like, just seeing a naked dude in general, it's not usually a good sight, oh, right? And then, well, like, I mean, for you, oh well, yeah, for me, but I mean, for you, if you saw this guy like taking jump shots and naked, and, like, well, I mean, how fit is he? <laughs> I'll show you his picture later, and okay. you will agree with me. Well, it's only from it's only his mugshot, so okay. it's not going to be his ass. Um, Sad. <laughs> no, it's not. Trust me. <laughs> when authorities approached Anderson and asked what he was doing, he stated he was working on his basketball skills, and he feels playing naked enhances his skill level, which I, I don't understand at all how that would work. You either can shoot or you can't. <laughs> it's not going to help if uh, the sun's beating down on you. Here. Oh, maybe soon get at night. Uh, no, this set. Well, it said at seven thirty-six p.m. So it would be sundown by that. that maybe in Florida. Mm. I don't know. Last year, uh, last month. Mm, maybe not. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, it was enough for somebody to see him and call the cops. So <laughs> I, I assume there's. And usually in outdoor courts, there's a light at least on the net, so you can you can see some taint or something that mm-hmm. you don't want to see. Um, <laughs> The officer then told Anderson to get to get dressed, and he complied. The officer made contact with the park employee at the scene, who said that he contacted police when he saw Anderson in the nude playing basketball around the premise. He was charged with indecent exposure of sexual organs, and subsequently transported to the correctional facility for processing on a five hundred dollar bond. It's unclear at the, at this time whether he was released. So. Now I'm going to show you his mugshot because, okay. uh, and I'm going to post this on the page too. You ready for this? Sure. And this is the 29-year-old Jordan Anderson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel kind Was of. Was he? Bad. Is he drunk? I feel kind of bad because he has a major lazy eye. So I don't know if that has to do with some kind of condition he has, or if he's just drunk, or maybe both. Mm-hmm. But something's not right there. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Still want to see this guy naked? Well, I need to see the rest. Shut of up. <laughs> he could just put a bag over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you right now? 
All right. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely... Uh, don't recommend doing that no. to anybody. They're just, like, terrible on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> and sunburn. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. And if you fall down, you can scream. Could you get sunburn on your penis? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Nudists probably get that if they just, like, lay flat on their back and just leave it all hanging out there. Mm. Well, wouldn't, like, it's not immune to <laughs> sun. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I don't know. I just never heard of it, so it's. Go ahead Different. and Google it right now. Let's see what comes up. Okay. <laughs> Sunburnt penis. All right. Um, all right. Let's I'll go pr- back to... That's probably a category on like Pornhub or something. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> right next in bondage. Um, okay. So we'll go back to technology here. And I wanted to do this because it would be fun for me. Because <laughs> we always talk about your ineptitude with technology. Which, oh, I'm gonna lose this for sure. It's not. It's not as bad as you would think. There's a lot worse than you. So you at least know how to oh. work a laptop and stuff. So. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. Like and talking I to I, a mic. <laughs> I, I know the basics, but anything further mm-hmm. than that, I'm just like I can't. Okay, so what I what I found. Well, first, oh, I almost forgot. Let me go ahead and play the uh, the theme. It's time for quiz corner. I just cut it off. <laughs> nice job. It's time for Quiz Corner. Okay, so... By the done. way, he this is the second time he's messed up during the podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Okay, so this is investintech.com. They have a quiz. It's a short 15-question quiz Okay. about some basic... Not basic. Some of them, I didn't know. But just for reference, I took this earlier to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I got 10 out of 15 right. So I didn't do so great myself. That's like a 66. Okay. So if you can tie or beat me, that would like, we would shut down the podcast. <laughs> it's over. Um, but I, I would say, it. judging by the questions, if you get like six of them, I would, be, I would count that as a win. Okay. Um, which is kind of being generous, but they do all have like four choices. So are you ready? I guess. So the first question is, is what was the first emoticon ever used? There's a hap- there's like a, a grin and then just a regular happy face, a sad face and a tongue out Blech. face. Um, I would say the happy face. The second one? Yeah. Okay. Number two. What technology is used to record cryptocurrency transactions? Oh, God. I know all these words, but I don't know what they mean. (laughs) So the choices are digital wallet, mining, blockchain, or token. What's the technology used for cryptocurrencies? Um, Which I just started doing last uh, year, thanks to Zach. But I feel like you would just be guessing on this one. Well, because I don't think it's mining. Because that's when you're getting the cryptocurrency or whatever record <laughs> mm, cryptocurrency transactions maybe a blockchain i'll go with blockchain blockchain okay yeah number three what tool would you use to reduce the digital image size filter brush rotate or crop 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 yeah you should know that one just yeah. from using a phone <laughs> number four why is big data important like the band big data i like that band is that a band yeah. Is it spelled that way? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that one. 
I'll show you later. They yeah. have a good song I like. Okay. <laughs> um, because it is structured. Because it may be analyzed to reveal patterns and trends. Because of its complexity or because of its size. I'm going to go with the second one. Because it may be analyzed to reveal reveal patterns and trends. Yeah, I feel like because of its size, it's like too, too obvious. Yeah. All right, next question. What kind of malware is designed to take advantage of a security hole before it is known? Zero-day exploit, a virus, ransomware, or a Trojan horse? I'm going to guess the first one. Zero-day exploit? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why that. Yeah, just, just guessing? Yeah. All right, next one. Making a compressed digital archive might produce what type of file format? A PDF, a JPEG, a zip, or an MP3? A JPEG. JPEG? Okay. That was a quick one. You know that one, I guess? I hope so. <laughs> what does the acronym FOSS stand for? Free and open source software, full option sensor system, follow-on support service, or fiber optic science system? The last one. Fiber optics science system. Okay. Wait, Mickey. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to the next, the last one. Oh, oh whatever. Yeah. I just keep going. Oh, shit. <laughs> second guessing the oh, JPEG one. Oh no no no! You know what? It's a zip file. It's a zip. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can I even change it? Oh. I don't think it lets me change it, but we'll count it for you if it's right. Okay. What technology is used to make telephone calls over the internet possible? Is it Bluetooth, Ethernet, NFC, or VOIP? I don't know the other two, and it's not Bluetooth. So, Ethernet? Ethernet? Yeah. Okay. What is the term for text that automatically continues from one line to the next? Is it word processing, word wrapping, word flowing, or word binding? Word binding? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> is that your guess? Sure. Okay. I think you're doing better than you think you are. What does it mean to uncloud? Organize cloud storage. Remove all files from the cloud. Print a file from the cloud or delete a cloud service account. Remove all the files from the cloud? Remove all files from the cloud? Sure. Okay. Okay, we just got a couple more here. Which computer language is the most widely used? Is it C plus? What's a C pound sign, but it's C plus, I guess. Is it Swift, PHP, or Java? PHP. I don't know. PHP, just because it's like PSP kind of. Sure. Approximately how much data exists in the digital universe today? Is it 2.7 megabytes, 2.7 gigabytes, 2.7 zettabytes, or 2.7 terabytes? Zettabytes. Zeta, just because it sounds like the biggest one. Yeah. <laughs> That was my reasoning, too. Which tech buzzword is closely related to AI with artificial intelligence? Is it virtual reality, machine learning, cryptocurrency, or microservices? Okay, it's not cryptocurrency. Machine learning, I guess? The machine learning? Because virtual reality isn't really AI. That's your final answer? Sure. Machine learning? Okay. Which of the following is an important step towards the paperless concept? Doxing, digitizing, debugging, or downloading? Digitizing. Digitizing, okay. And then we're on the last one. What was the first cross-platform PDF software? Adobe Acrobat, Foxit Phantom PDF, Nitro Pro, or Able to Extract Professional? 
I only know the first one, so I'm going to do that one. <laughs> that was my strategy, too. All right. So whatever we get, we're going to add one. And let's see how you did. Oh, Your nice. score was 9 out of 15. Sweet. Tech Pro, good job. You understand the technology landscape better than the average person, but you just can't keep up with all the new developments going <laughs> on. The good news is you have a solid foundation of tech knowledge to build on in a quest to becoming a true expert. Nice. So you only got one less than I did, which I was getting nervous because you got like the, like the same. I, I got like the first handful in a row and then I just like bombed a few. All right. So um, you did get you got blockchain right. You got crop right. Big data is important because they analyze. You know, you mm -hmm. got that one too. The one I missed was <laughs> the zero day exploit. You got I, that one right. I don't know why that one was just like appealing <laughs> the to kind me. Kind of malware. It just sounded cool. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, and then we counted the compressed digital archive with zip. You got mm -hmm. that one right. The acronym FOSS stands for free and open so uh, source software. Mm. So just kind of like anything that's it's free and, and public to use. What technologies used to make telephone calls? This one is kind of funny. Ethernet is just like a cable that goes from mm -hmm. a router to here, like to make it have a stronger connection. Mm -hmm. um, voice over internet protocol, I, I believe is what it stands for, is what uh, phones use. I have no idea. But, okay, so this one, what is the term for a text that automatically continues from one line to the next? I, it's word wrapping. And I should have known that. I just like went too fast and I was like, oh, yeah, duh. I put word flowing. Hmm. But it is word wrapping. And when you're unclouding, you're just organizing cloud storage, which doesn't sound doesn't sound it like doesn't make any sense, yeah, but sure. I don't get it either. The most widely used computer language is Dang Java. It, I, was, I was gonna say Java too, but I was like, is it You should have been like, I like coffee. <laughs> uh, how much data exists in the digital universe? Two point seven zettabytes. One it's like zettabyte. Like Zeta Jones. <laughs> exactly. Did you know that one zettabyte is nine hundred and thirty one Trillion? Yeah. 322,574,650. No, no. That would be 931,322,000,000. Okay, so it's... It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of gigabytes. Mm -hmm. um, the buzzword close to AI is machine learning. Yeah. That one's kind of obvious. Important step towards paperless concept is digitizing. You got that one right. And then, I don't know who knows this, but the first cross-platform PDF software was able to extract professional. I think they just were sponsored by them. So <laughs> Props. Wanted to include that. But yeah, well, pretty good. You got 9 out of 15. So it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost a passing grade in school, I guess. Almost? Because a C is passing. Oh, yeah, it? you're right. So I think I am passing, right? Well, 9 out of 15 is what? I don't know. You're the best person. Yeah, but not with numbers like this. So it's like a 60. So I'm not passing. Yeah, right. that's what I was saying. Because <laughs> I got a 66, and even that isn't. So we both failed. And we both suck. Yay! <laughs> Yay, we fell together, clink. All right, let's, let's move on to my, my main story. Okay, so I chose this topic because it's something that's interested me for a bit, since it's kind of recent technology, and it's 3D printing. Okay. Um... So there have been like so many advances in 3D printing and it's just crazy what people can do with those now, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of what they do in general. Like, yeah, I mean, I've seen a 3D printer and yeah, no, the very, the very like basic mm -hmm. aspects of it. Yeah. So what I researched was, um, it's from 3dprint.com and they published, uh, they published an article in September of 2015 called the 10 coolest things to ever be 3d printed 
so even since then since like since then it's probably there have been even like crazier well, things like there have been like um kidneys for, or whatever and like parts of like prosthetics all this stuff like, yeah i was gonna say I, I remember seeing a video of a little girl that got a prosthetic 3d mm-hmm. printed arm yeah so a lot of those like people n- know more about because they're even more recent Mm -hmm. but i found some that i just found kind of fascinating from this i just handpicked a few of these okay i'm going to show you and i'll have all these pictures on the page also all right the first one is a a five-story office building like the same size or a smaller version like like this what really (laughs) so winsun a company based in shanghai which has 3d printed several homes and buildings including a mansion they 3D printed the walls of this office building within their manufacturing facility before shipping them off to, to the build site. The walls were assembled to create the finished product, and then the building was finished with traditional construction techniques. Mm. So, Interesting. I mean, yeah. And, and I have the picture of it here. It's just this big, like, red five-story building with windows in it, and it just looks like a normal... Yeah. I thought it was like going to be like a mini replica or something. No, it's a real thing. It's crazy. Yeah, only in Shanghai, I guess. Next one, Vincent Van Gogh ear. This one is kind of strange. Yeah, but expected. One American-based artist, well, his name doesn't sound American, Dimit Strabe, <laughs> has teamed with scientists to produce what may be one of the craziest pieces of art we have ever seen. He has printed 3D, or he, he 3D printed the severed ear of late painter Vincent Van Gogh. Most of you reading this probably figure that the ear was somehow printed out of plastic, like most other 3D prints you have seen in the past. However, this ear was actually printed using real living human cells mm. from Lou Van Gogh, the famous painter's great-grandson, who shares 1 16th of the same genes as Van Gogh. The original plan was to use actual DNA extracted from an envelope that Vincent Van Gogh had licked. But the DNA turned out not to be his. How does that, like, what did they even acquire that? What? How do you know it's not his DNA? <laughs> I don't know. Like, how do you know it's his ear? <laughs> so, using a sophisticated 3D bioprinter and computer software, he was able to actually print the cells in a shape that resembles the painter's actual ear. Once the cells were printed, the ear was grown at Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital. But my thing is, like, I thought that... Him cutting off his own ear was a myth. Like, it didn't actually happen. Really? No, it did. We need to, mm. we need to yeah, we need to dig, fact check dig this. more into that, yeah. Yeah, because I... We'll do a fact check segment next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, the ear is technically alive as it is made out... It's made out of living human cells which have been formed into cartilage. If that isn't impressive enough, it can also hear as well. Yeah. The Media Museum website states that you can talk to the ear. The input sound is processed by a computer using software that converts it to stimulate nerve impulses in real time. The speaker remains in soliloquy. The crackling sound that is produced is used to outline absence instead of presence. So I'm sure that's what Van Gogh wanted his <laughs> legacy to be, just about his ear. Yeah, and there's a picture that I'll also have on the page of... That ear made out of the cells, and it's just in a like a encased in some kind of liquid, I guess. Weird. Um, but did you want to take time to <laughs> see yeah. what's going on with the Van Gogh? We can yeah. do a little pause. 
Oh, okay. So, according to history.com, he because he was suffering from severe depression, so he cut off the lower part of his left ear with a razor. So it wasn't his whole ear. Hmm, okay. So just the bottom part. That was the only... Yeah. That's the part that was a myth, I guess. I guess. Because well, like, whenever you think about it, you think like his whole ear is gone. Right. But. It's like the whole Holyfield thing. <laughs> where they were, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure if like, Mike Tyson had bit off a chunk of his ear or not. Well, there you go. We were both kind of right. It was a part oh, of the ear. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that it wasn't like yeah, completely true. But... I didn't even know. All right, next one. A life-sized castle. Hmm. <laughs> um, a man named Andre Rudenko decided to build a large full-size concrete castle in his backyard. He lived in Minnesota. The castle, which was printed using a large-scale 3D printer that Rudenko built himself, is only a prequel to a much more interesting project he has planned to ultimately 3D print a home. Well, cool. yeah. <laughs> While his latest project is still in the planning stages, it will be interesting to follow along as his 3D printing genius continues to burst through boundaries. So look at that. Oh, dang. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He 3D printed, like, just the castle in his backyard. That'd be cool. Like, if you had kids. Yeah. You could play inside and stuff. And then they would ask for something. Be like, oh, sure. I'll just print it up real quick. <gasps> oh, my goodness. What if it was, like, a doghouse and they had the Iron Throne, but instead of swords, it was bones? <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be called Game of Bones. Yes. Genius. Trademark let's, that. Let's do that. It's our idea. Don't take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a couple more here. Okay. The next one is the first ever object 3D printed in space. Hmm. NASA, along with this kind of goes back to last week's episode. NASA, along with the U.S. company Made in Space, launched their first ever spacecraft with a 3D printer on board. NASA used it to 3D print numerous objects, including a functioning wrench, which was literally emailed to them from Earth. That's crazy. That's Cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just had to include that sentence because I'm like, you're emailing a wrench to space. <laughs> How does that even work? How long do you think it would take you to study to be able to do something like that? Never. <laughs> the never amount of time. Yeah. I'm Not like, enough time in the universe. I would quit. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. And we'll end on this note. 3D printers. Oh. Yeah. This- that's a... Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <laughs> Self- oxymoron? Per- yeah. It's like a self-perpetuating uh, machine or something. Okay, so there's a company called RepRap that was invented by Adrian Bowyer. And it's short for Replicating Rapid Prototyper. It's a practical self-copying 3D printer that can essentially replicate itself. This 3D printer builds the parts up in layers of plastic. Uh, so the technology existed before, but the cheapest commercial machine then would have cost about $33,000. And I'm, I'm thinking this happened in, um, like the UK or something. Cause they were all like in, um, in like pounds. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. when I watched the video on it, they all had, you know, talking British. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even designed so that it could make itself. So what the team did was develop and give away the designs for a much cheaper machine with the capability of being able to self-copy. The material costs were about three hundred ninety dollars. Dang, that's so yeah, much cheaper. A lot more affordable for a regular common. I still want to buy it, but common folk, yeah. 
That way, it's accessible to small communities in the developing world, as well as individuals in the developed world. So basically, if you have a machine, you can use it to make another one and give that one to a friend. <laughs> and I think the way it worked was like the majority of it would be printed and then there's little parts that you just have to get that uh, I guess aren't printable yet that um, finish yeah. off the... I'm sure there's other things that you can't really 3D print yeah. that you need. So, I mean, I was reading how they don't even know, like they don't have a count of how many exist right now because who knows how many people are just making for themselves and... We need a friend like that. <laughs> Everybody's just printing their own printers. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting one because it's just like, where, where does it end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised there's, like, no lawsuits at all yeah. for, like, copyright and mm -hmm. uh, patents and all that. Yeah. So, that's RepRap. Hit them up if you want a 3D printer that mm -hmm. can print other... 3D printers. his own kind. <laughs> yeah. Then you can use those to make castles and stuff. That'd be cool. Could make a little castle for the doggos. <laughs> make so, the Game of Bones. Game of Bones castle. With yeah. the bone throne. Mm -hmm. The bone throne sounds weird. <laughs> True. Let's not call it that. Come on over, girl. I'm going to take you to the bone throne. <laughs> That's Prince's line. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, bitches. And then they come over and there's literally just bones there. <laughs> right, well, on that note. Well, he's what? fake, so. Yeah, that's good. true. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> can't reproduce. Sorry. Same goes for walking. Yeah. Anyways, on that note. Yeah. On that yeah. yeah. I think that was a successful lesson for both of us. Mm -hmm. We both learned a lot. I'm sure we'll do another episode at some point with Zach because he's really good at technology too. So, yeah, and he actually know what you're talking about. I mean, he probably I need like to give him that quiz. Yeah, he probably get all of it right. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and raise our glasses and go grab a refill. Bye. Bye, everyone. What if it was like a doghouse and they had the Iron Throne, but instead of swords, it was bones? <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be called Game of Bones. Yes. Genius. Trademark that. Let's do that. It's our idea. Don't take yeah. it. <laughs>